This is Meet the Movie Press. It is Friday, May 10th, 2019 on the show this week. The Disney schedule shuffle, Hellraiser rebooted, Cliffhanger reimagined, plus the hustle and John Wick Chapter 3, Pastor Alfredo reviewed, the box office and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is May the 10th, 2019. Welcome. My name is Simon Thompson. If this is the first time you are catching the show, hello. It's lovely to have you here. Uh, if you're a regular viewer or listener, hello. It's lovely to have you back. So much to get through on the show this week. Uh, a lot of movies coming out. Uh, it's a very busy weekend at the box office, uh, but I think it's going to be another one for the Avengers, unless that little yellow fellow, Pikachu, can knock him off the top. We're going to be talking about that, obviously, previews last night. With me, though, to talk about all these things and more. Dimitri, who are you and where can we find you, please? Here at Popcorn Talk, and hello, everybody. Good morning here at Popcorn Talk Networks. Meet the movie press, of course, uh, and uh, anatomy of a movie for whenever we get back. And on the Twitters, at DMovies1701. Scott Menzel. Hello. How are everyone? Good. We're all stumbling this morning. I, I can't wait. Hello. Uh, I am Scott Menzel. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. We live entertainment.com. And remember, else. we are here to talk about movies. You are there to listen to what we talk about movies, but also you can be part of the discussion. Yes, you Without you guys, there is no point us being here at all. So already in the chat today, if you're watching this live on YouTube, good morning to Hugh Jennings. Uh, good morning to Abraham Sharafta. Uh, good morning to BlackRock316. Dimitri Panos is in there. You should be yes. concentrating on the show. Zeno Hour, the other Scott M. You should also be concentrating <laughs> on the show. Uh, and Zephyra, good morning to everybody. Okay, uh, let's talk about this. The reviews as this show is going live are dropping for John Wick Chapter 3, yes. um, Pedendum. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking about that later in the show. We've also got uh, bigger reviews for Detective Pikachu, which we picked on last week. We've got The Hustle and Tolkien. Okay, first off, though, big news this week from Disney, post-Disney-Fox merger. There's a lot of moving around, a lot of moving around. And in case anybody's wondering why this is here, by the way, it's in tribute to Game of Thrones this week, because apparently now every single show... <laughs> <laughs> has to have has to have a, a an errant coffee cup there, so that's going to stay there for a while. Uh, yeah, so a lot going on in the Disney schedule. Um, more Star Wars, more Star Wars having a rest for three years. Is apparently a rest. Uh, more live action remakes than you can shake a stick at. Avatar, New Mutants pushback. Gambit is cancelled. Where should we start with this? First of all. Let's talk about more live-action remakes. Uh, it's something that Disney seems really, really keen on right now. They appear to be turning up like buses, and the year after next is going to be no exception whatsoever. They are coming thick and fast. Audiences, though, seem to be sporadic in engaging with this. Is it a risky gameplay for Disney to have so many of these on the slate over the next sort of three or four years? First of all, Scott. I think you got to look at the history so far. And the history so far shows that they're winning. It's a winning formula, uh, especially when you look at Beauty and the Beast. Mm. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to keep at it. Um, but I think they're going to have the budgets in check based on the property. So, like, obviously, Peach Dragon had a smaller budget than, yep. say, something like Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella. I think that's what they're going to continue to do. Agreed 100%. I, I, you know... Dumbo is I we I believe we all like Dumbo yeah, a Dumbo lot. Yeah, 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 I did. But, but a lot of break, people right, yeah. and it didn't break box office like like records, but it did okay. Yeah, and I think they know like where they're going to like like Lion King. We know is going to be huge. Yeah. Aladdin, 
will be big, but it's a question as to how big. You know, yeah. bigger than Dumbo, perhaps. Won't do Lion King no. or Beauty and the Beast numbers. No, I won't. It's really interesting with with Aladdin because that is a movie that is, <clears throat> that is out in a couple of weeks here. They've, they've started their international press tour. They did a premiere in London. They've done stuff in Paris, and there's going to be stuff here uh, in the U.S. as well. But the reviews for this are embargoed until pretty much the last minute. And that is always slightly weird because there are already people, a lot of people seeing this movie around the world, but they don't want people to start that buzz yet. Which to me, sometimes it can have no grounds whatsoever, but sometimes it makes me wonder, why is that? Especially when there's been kind of a lot of reaction to that. And a lot of the Disney remakes... They do leave some people completely cold. Like, some people would love some of them, and others they really won't care for. Or some they will turn out for, and others they're like, I'm going to catch on Disney+. Plus." So I think it's really interesting. It's a really interesting game plan for them. And also, how many of these animated movies by Disney are really worth reimagining uh, as a live-action movie? I would say probably, for strong ones, a third. I was amazed when Pete's Dragon oh, was turned I into a live-action. Yeah. I love the movie. I was very surprised they did it. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah, same here. And, you know, you, you pose a great question. When is that bubble going to pop? I mean, do we really need a hunchback in Notre Dame? Like, are they going to do, like, Princess and the Frog? We know that they're going to do Lady and the Tramp. We know we have another Maleficent, which yeah. was really good, the first one. I love the first was one, was really yeah. good, too. Um, which opens up another debate, because then if one of them really takes off, do you then do a sequel to one of these. I mean, that was slightly different right. because that was telling the story from a different POV. Yeah. So that was, I think, really quite different. Agreed. Yeah. It was almost like a wicked. Yeah. Uh, and Dumbo wasn't a straight reimagining. It was no. true. different. Um, it just, you just wonder how deep are they going to mine, uh, you know, how deep in the well are they going to go? Yeah. And is it necessary to your point? I, you know, so there are going to be some of their movies that I'm just going to. I don't know. I, 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 and again, I think they're smart enough to know, like what we said earlier, what is going to be huge, like Lion King, mm. and what they're going to meter their budgets on. I personally think that they're going to do a lot of the princess stuff. Because sure. I think that's yeah. a really bankable... It's in, a universe. Yeah, it's like a universe, Marvel. right. And, it's, it, and there's investment there, okay? Because in the Disney parks, <clears throat> if you guys don't know this, there's always this this beauty salon where like you mm-hmm. can take your kids yeah. and they can get done up like princesses and things of that nature. And I feel like that's a huge draw. Yeah. So to do standalone um, reimaginings of the classic Snow White and all these characters, I think that's the direction. I'm actually surprised it's taken this long because when Cinderella came out mm. and was such a such a big hit and so well received, I thought that meant like all of them were going to happen like back to back to back. Yeah. And they're kind of like doing this weird thing where they're doing an older one, then they're taking something new, yeah. and then they're doing old, and then something new, and, and then original. You, and that's that's kind of safeguarding their returns on investment, yes. because you basically get one that Grandma wants to go and see, or Mum wants to go and see, one that little Julie or James wants to go and see, and you're doing the generational hip-hop, and what you're doing between the two is you're flipping from one, you're flipping to the other, little John and Julia are suddenly getting older, and they're getting on there, and that's their heritage things, and you're basically, you're, you're flip-flopping you're hip-hopping, you're sort of, you know, seesawing generation after generation, seeding future revenue when it comes to these franchises. Let's not forget... Building an association. Since you mentioned future revenue, whenever these (laughs) come out, the surge in sale prices for, say, the animated Dumbo, everybody wants to see the original Mm -hmm. version of it, 
at some point, whether before they see the live action remake or right after. So Disney minds that. <laughs> and, yeah. they, and that's something that they know how to do extremely well. Disney are very good with the money. Okay, let's move on from live action remakes. Let's talk about more Star Wars. So we knew that we had three more movies coming up. That That's no real surprise. What did surprise me was obviously we've heard in the last couple of months that there was going to be a rest for the franchise, mm-hmm. that we're going to be not seeing any Star Wars movies. We're getting a break of like three years. Sure. Which is really not a break at all when you think we get a Star Wars movie at every two years as it is. Right. And now what we're going to get is we're going to get a, a, a sequence where it's like Star Wars one year, Avatar the next year, Star Wars one year, Avatar the next year. And I also think aside from the fact that it gets a little bit repetitive, uh, I, I think... You stop making these things such... They'll still be event movies because they're big They're big tentpole movies at a point. But I think people will be slightly less... They'll be like buses. They'll be expecting them this, rather than anticipating them. Yeah, I was I was telling Dimitri about this earlier in the week um, when they released the release schedule. Um, I just... I just don't. I like when it used to be a surprise around the holiday times. Yeah, where like you would know like something was coming on. It felt like a special occasion. Yeah, you know them doing this now, where it's like, okay, it's 2020. This year I get Avatar. 2021. This year I get Star Wars. Like it just, it just feels like more of the same, and I don't get that element of surprise that I wanted. Mm. And um, I have to comment on this, and I know sure, I know this it. is a uh, controversial thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyhow. I love how everyone's so surprised by this letter from James Cameron about like, right. oh my god, yeah, thank you, thank you, um, you know, Russo brothers for proving that End Endgame can still make people go to the movies. It's like you're working for the that's, same company. Yeah, I know. Why is everyone not thinking I, about that? I had the same thought I, at first. I looked at it. My knee jerk. Reaction Action was well. That was very magnanimous of him, and then I'm like going, but they all they work for yeah. the same company. Well, I got yeah. it makes and, sense. And they're all going head yeah. to head throughout a year now, right? Like so, they're all going to be competing. Whether it's going to be a Marvel movie, an Avatar movie, or a Star Wars, it's always going to be like, yeah. who made the more money? Who made the more money? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, just I mean, just touching on that, it's it's. I think when I remember sort of growing up, um, a Disney movie was there were like four or five a year, and a, the, the new Disney movie, whatever that was. It was an event. It was an event. And now, obviously, as a result of this deal, it was always going to happen to an extent. Literally, the, the schedule that you see for, say, like the year after next is so unbelievably full of, like, Disney sometimes, like, two a month that I really just... I mean, people are still going to see these movies, right. but it just devalues that special... Magic, a little bit of which is a big part of what Disney is. Well, yeah, and and you know with Star Wars, they believe it or not, I mean they've scaled back. We're not going to get like two Star Wars movies in like one year. We're not going to get like a solo. Uh, like they've cut back on the peripheral standalone characters. Like there's no Boba Fett, no Obi Wan. So it's going to be really interesting. One thing though about this release schedule, yeah. From my years in distribution, you and I had this conversation. Uh, normal studios, so 2020 <laughs> for for regular studios, yeah, is pretty much filled out. There's going to be, there might be a little fluidity, and something may drop in here and there. Mm. Regard something may pick up at a film festival, whatever. 2021, 
placeholders are put. They yeah. put something down, but they know that if somebody comes in and plops something that's heavy competition, they can move it. It's a placeholder. Yeah. I've never seen such a robust, meticulously planned out release schedule till 2027, I read. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. And the I've problem with this is the fact that, that there are there are going to be less gaps because you're going to see, like we've seen with, and by no means I'm not taking away from the success of this, Captain Marvel is coming out on Blu-ray, DVD and streaming very soon. Yes. It is still doing really well in movie theatres yes. and it's already still, it's rolled into uh, Avengers Endgame. And it's almost like and we're seeing movies like Longshot, etc., where people are going, am I going to see this or am I going to see that? And I genuinely think it, it, it could have an effect on the success of some of these smaller movies oh, yeah. from other studios. And that ultimately is going to be detrimental for us because we're going to see some of these really original. I, there's nothing more exciting to me than whether it's, whether it's a horror or romantic comedy or whatever. And I go, oh, that's a new idea. That's really, I haven't seen that before. And I think this is going to close out, or certainly studios, and I had this conversation with, with Adam Shankman, uh, director of What Men Want. There's a, there's a piece on Forbes about it, talking about, you know, the, you know the, some of these movies being forced out. Mm-hmm. You know, forced out of movie theatres and into, you know, streaming and stuff like that. Which is why he thinks if Rock of Ages had been made now, he thinks Rock of Ages made for streaming would have been very, very popular. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree. I mean, I personally, I like that movie. That's one of my favourite movies that he's, he's made. But it was, it was a massive, massive flop. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think it's a detriment to the audience and the industry as a whole. Unless, and again, we had this conversation. Yeah. The studios have to, and take heed, you can't compete with Disney. Like, you're competing out of your weight class. So forget about Disney. Disney's going to be Disney. You have to compete within your weight class. And what I hope comes out of this now Mm. is that we do get the movies that you're talking about. Because the only way that they are going to thrive is, A, they're going to have to take a little bit of risk. Risk is going to be part of this job. Mm. B, they're going to have to come up with content that isn't Marvel, that isn't animated, that isn't a remake, that isn't Star Wars, and that isn't Avatar. That still leaves a lot of types of movies to be made to fill in those gaps. And on the flip side, to to sort of counterpoint my own point originally, it might actually make people more hungry to seek out some of these stories. So if they don't get forced out of theatres and into streaming platforms, but then the streaming platforms benefit from that. So we'll, you know, we'll we'll see. But the studios now have an opportunity to fill in those gaps with stuff that Disney's not making. Yeah. And that could benefit the movie-going audience. Could be, potentially. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Absolutely. uh, Staying on this topic, uh, Zena Arrow in the chat saying, Hey, Zena Arrow, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul went out for Gambit. We're going to get to Gambit in just a second. Uh, Leek Thorobald, when I mentioned the cup... uh, By the way, it's been digitally removed. Uh, Speaking of Game of Thrones, I'm (laughs) pleased to see Miranda Richardson and Naomi Watts headlining the prequel series. Do you think Game of Thrones is going to branch off into the movies? No. Uh, Zena Arrow, the other Scott M, I think if they were interested in that, they would have already been putting on a regular basis. They'd have been testing box office power by screening a lot of the end of seasons. Mm -hmm. And they haven't had no plans for that and obviously with the season only a few weeks away from ending there would have right. been something for that they would have tried that out I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon uh, Zeno Hour uh, Simon the other Scott M as well uh, so both Aquaman 2 and the first untitled Star Wars are currently scheduled to drop on December 16th uh, 2022 who moves should W uh, Warner Brothers move Aquaman 2 or tell Disney to suck it I don't think they will, and I don't think they should. I think they should go head-to-head. Me I too. think moving out of the way would be a big mistake. You, because you have to make 
competition is healthy. You have to make studios work for the money that you're giving them. And there are, we've seen this with other big movies in the past. If somebody wants to see Aquaman 2 and Star Wars, they will see Aquaman 2 and Star Wars. They're not mutually exclusive. I don't think they'll move out of the way. It's all about what moving out of the way. Uh, I think what could happen is we'll see Aquaman move, be pushed up. So instead of coming out on the 16th, it could come out, I don't know what day the 16th. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it could like come out. Yeah. I, if, if the 16th is a, is a Friday, let's say, I mm. don't know. Um, they move Aquaman to Tuesday or Wednesday. They don't move it out of the way. They don't take it out of the release schedule. Yeah. Um, but to your point, though, there's a cannibalization that goes on. We are working in the business where it's all about the almighty dollar. That, that, and yeah. and what, who's the number one movie, right? And you don't, you don't want to be put into a situation where people go, why did you go up against that movie? Yeah. Like, that's really, like, we could have made so much more money. And I think at most points of the year, that would be a stronger argument. But I think when it's Christmas, when a lot of people are off for the holidays, they're sitting mm -hmm. on their ass, they're looking for stuff to do, they've got vacation time, they're seeing family, they yeah. want to get out of the house, you have more chance for people to see both movies and possibly more than once. So I think, actually, if you're going to effectively do that and go head-to-head -head with one of these, that is the only time of the year you can really do that. I, and I also think that, you know, I hate to say this, but I think the bigger... Uh -oh. the, ten, the ten pole. What happened? No, you're oh. saying I hate to say oh. this. <laughs> but I think the bigger tentpole movies are always safe. It's just, it's an ego stroking, though, for whoever gets the head that week. Right, yeah. And I think, you know, unfortunately, like what Dimitri was saying, like, you can't... You can't compete with um, Disney at all. I was at a junket last week mm. for The Intruder, and uh, I was there the, the day when they announced that um, it came in number two at the box office. And it was fascinating because uh, Dennis Quaid said during this interview, he's like, well, technically it's like number one because we right. shouldn't count Disney. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how you should be looking at things. Yeah. But I think when it comes to the major studios, so Warner Brothers and Disney going head to head, it's always going to be an ego thing. Like just this week coming up, like if Pikachu dethrones, you know, Endgame, right. that's a big deal. Yeah. But I always worry about is like what's going to happen if you release those two movies on the same day? Yeah. Anything else that's coming out on those days? Screwed. It's white. Yeah. It's screwed. It's oh, I mean, we, just, we just saw that last week with Longshot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. You know, that was carnage. Okay, yeah, very quickly. I was just going to say, regarding the Disney release schedule, too, that nobody really thinks about too much, rarely do you ever read uh, in the press that Disney, like, killed it at Sundance. Like, they're not acquiring right, movies. Right, right, they're not right. going to festivals. Yeah. Now, maybe with Fox Searchlight, perhaps, but you never hear that. But all have they ever is, needed to do that? Have they ever done that? This is all homegrown production. Yeah. Like, other studios rely on people going to these film festivals and filling out their schedules and whether it be for Academy Awards or anything like that, mm. that's how they fill out a schedule is by going to these festivals and acquiring. You'd never hear that about Disney. That no. is true. And 
So in the chat, send your nerd Zeno Hour. Uh, you can't compete with the mouse. Aquaman two has to move. Disagree. Uh, Blackrock three one six. December belongs to Star Wars. Aquaman needs to move. Zeno Hour three. Uh, three years is barely a break for Star Wars. But if anyone thought they were actually going to take a longer hiatus, was fooling <laughs> themselves. I expected five. To be honest with you, yeah. I did expect I five know. because I thought they wanted to give a little bit of a little bit of breath, really get out of what they kind of they're drawing a line under this franchise. They want to ramp up for the next one after two and half years everybody's still they're coming down off the other one they've got stuff to watch on disney plus that's when you start doing the ramp up for the next thing i thought five years four maybe would have been but three i'm quite surprised it's so close i'm really quite surprised uh senior nerds uh, i cannot believe avatar two three four and five Will be Disney movies. Holy shit, Batman! Uh, send a note. How That's a old? Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> how Still, old? At, at the moment. At how, the moment. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how old <laughs> anyone will be when Avatar Five and the final Star Wars trilogy comes out? Someone made this point online the other day, and I was like, "Some of us will be dead <laughs> by the time these movies come out." You know, and it's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> God. Mortality comes. It's like, what are you doing? We'll be turning out like Obi Wan in like these guests. (laughs) This is a film I have not seen for the long time. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking me and Yoda at the back will be my dressing gown. Uh, drink a soda, and, and I will. Does, does anybody Take two remember? toilet breaks. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody remember when Star Wars, like they said Star Wars is a December movie? Star Wars used to come out in the summer. Yeah. Right. They used to come out yeah. around Memorial Day. You know the only thing that came out around Christmas? The Star Wars holiday special. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, Xeno Hour, uh, everyone says that Star Wars is a juggernaut, but these new films are not the saga films. And if it's the trilogy from the Game of Thrones guys, I wonder how popular it would be after this final Game of Thrones season. Yeah, but no, they, they are not. They are not the saga films. So it's going to be something completely new. Yes, which is why I would leave it a bit longer. But I mean, to be honest with you, the the, the current Star Wars movies, The Force Awakens, Jedi, and obviously Skywalker, they're not the legacy ones. And people doubted whether some people would get on board with these. And you know, uh, they got on board with the prequels. They got Star Wars. People are going to get on board yeah. with these movies. It you isn't know. Ryan Johnson's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so. The Jedi fans will love that one. Uh, <laughs> Freeze Willy. Uh, welcome to the chat, Freeze Willy. Uh, there's not much crossover from Endgame and the long shot audiences anyway. No, there isn't. But also, it's not even a case of crossover audiences with that. It's purely down to things like screen availability. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that's the thing. If you can't even get your fucking movie on a screen, yeah. how is anybody going to pay 15 bucks to yeah. fucking uh, but see I will it. also argue it's that, not there I will also argue though that the long shot marketing was yeah. not the it best. wasn't it wasn't great but I, I definitely think that if yeah. they had more screens there would have been more people sure. and it, it's just, I mean people are still talking about Endgame weeks after the movie came they out are. there was very little room in editorial space and I'll be honest with you it's actually someone who works in editorial it was surprisingly difficult to actually get any access to any to promote the movie in the first place which did the film a massive disservice Scott very quickly I was just going to say that like when you have a movie come out and there's like let's say 15 screens in a movie theater and ten of those screens are playing Endgame. Yeah. You know, it doesn't leave or much. Captain Marvel. I mean, Jesus. I, I, I went to go see... So, I, I, I think the other day, Ashley couldn't get into a screening, and we like literally looked at what she can see, and there was like three other movies playing at AMC Century City. And I'm like, how is there only three movies here? Oh, it's yeah. because everything is Endgame. And, and, and one other thing, too, that we have to note about Longshot. Like, I saw it again. I went to Century City. 
the theater, and I went on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. It was practically sold out. Longshot's doing well in the major markets. It's 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 the middle America. Yeah, that it's not really performing all that great. But I really think that there was a misstep on marketing um, with that movie. But again, Endgame was such a tsunami. Uh, we saw something else happen that we've I I can't recall ever happening where the first weekend Endgame was number one and then a movie that has been out for months Captain Marvel came in at number two yeah like it, it was it went up it shot back up in yeah. the charts again. and that's because it was it was feeding directly into it people who'd avoided sure. the movie the first time again I don't know this character yeah. see her in Endgame and I'm like okay I want to kind of know more about that which is <laughs> difficult but also I think even with better marketing I think the ultimate thing of not being able to get that thing into mm-hmm. theaters mm-hmm. was an ultimate problem and people aren't people are generally uh, quite lazy unless yeah. it's really fucking easy for them to find and it's in I mean you and I you know we, we will all go to different movie theatres to see a movie we will seek out a movie right. most people will go like I have one right. maybe two theatres right. and if it isn't on there I'll catch it on streaming I did a I did a survey on this last year it's what they do it's exactly what they do they uh, go to the closest yep. theatre that's that's available to them, and they pick out showtime. In anything, if you take the effort out of it right. for anybody, they can literally sit there. You spoon feed them. You are more likely yeah. to have a better result. And sometimes it comes down to the showtime. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not even like the they'll go. Oh, that starts at two. Oh, I can make that movie. Yeah, and they, that's it. Zeno Hour long shot was advertised towards women, but women make up half of the audience of superhero movies. Actually, the fifty-one percent is what women made up of general movie going last year. And we are seeing, and again, this is something I discussed with Adam Shankman um, about the about women at the box office. The fact that the thing is now there are a lot of market women m- m- movies that are marketed <laughs> towards women, right. but they're not exclusively marketed to women. Yes. And if anything, Seth Rogen has a strong male following, and a lot of men like Charlize Theron. So you know, I think it's you know, yeah, it deserved yes a better no. fate. It deserved a better fate on that. I think it was a very it was a mixed message, and the message wasn't strong enough. I think it's bottom line on that. Uh, people uh, like to be drones, John Harrison. I absolutely agree. Yes, okay, yeah. one other thing on the the Disney schedule shuffle we need to do, and then we'll move on. Is Gambit cancelled? I think somewhere in Hollywood there is a room <laughs> where Gambit and the Crow are just like <laughs> Eric Draven are just crying into their fucking hands and their little. Little gloved hands going. Why will Hollywood not make us? Can we? I mean, I, I, I would love to have seen a Gambit movie. I, honest to God, do not think we're going to see this Just anytime it soon. It is now off the slate. Can we? I mean, poor old Channing Tatum. Yeah. I mean, he's had more false starts on that than a NASCAR race. I mean, God. I mean. You know, I I honestly don't think if we're going to see anything from that kind of X no. universe anytime soon. I mean, the way that we're seeing new mutants again pushed back. <sighs> just just Why? release it already. Just, yeah, just let just, it go. Just let, let it go. It go. Just, I'm very surprised that they just didn't put that to, to Disney+. Plus. And I think, to be honest with you, it's been so... And I had this conversation with someone the other day. And I think it has been so long since they actually made this movie. Any hopes of doing it as a franchise, because it's clearly a troubled production, uh, I think they probably put those to one side. But also, any if they did make a sequel to this, even if they did it now, everybody would look so different. I it know. would be like Cocoon. I would go as far as saying that it would be the most incohesive junket because people were going, but we filmed it a decade ago. I really don't remember yeah, what yeah. happened. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, I was thinking about that. There is really such a long time between these. Sometimes things get put on a shelf and then they're yeah. bought and then they're released. It's like a two-year, <clears throat> three-year window. But this is this is just great. New Mutants, I really want to see it, but I'm just... 
I'm the the more the more they move this around they go look at this look at this under a cup where are the mutants where are the mutants look at this look at this right is it in the left is it in the middle put your ten dollars down oh no you got Dumbo two um, I think that's difficult okay guys we need there to move on there is no Dumbo two uh, I will tell you that sticking, right now no there is not uh, sticking with Disney very quickly Avengers Endgame crossed two billion at the box office. No real surprise. We touched on this with James Cameron. Um, but, I mean, what did we say? We said a couple of weeks ago, along with a number of other people in the industry, that it was going to make $1 billion in the first week. It's going to make $2 billion in the second week. It's got a couple of things to meet now before it becomes the biggest film of all time. Do you think it's going to run out of steam now we've got the likes of Pikachu coming through? It seems like it won't because a lot of people are still going to see it for a second, third, and fourth time. Scott on this, first of all. Yeah, I think it's still going to keep going. Um, I think that has a long it's enough window. Expert. Yeah, it's got a long enough window too. I think Pikachu is going to do very well this weekend. I think it's going to be a, a very lucrative um, new franchise for WB. Yeah, but um, I still think it's going to be like neck and neck, and I think Endgame is going to have a little bit of the legs up. I, I mean, I think that with Pikachu the week after, you've got John Wick. Yeah, I mean, you actually have some action competition coming out. It made so much money up front. You know, it can't help. I'm not saying it's not going to ha- It's already proving that it's having legs. Mm. Not just on the weekends, mind you, but During the, the week, midweeks have been spectacular yeah. for a three-hour movie. Okay? So they're still filling it up. They're going to be around. I still think, as you said earlier, there are other hurdles to make it the largest. It's going to be close. Mm. It's going to be close. Um I, I don't know. When you're talking about movies like Titanic and Avatar, those prove that they had legs. They didn't have the opening mm. that Endgame did, but they lasted for a very long time in theaters. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Endgame can make it into May once we start getting into Godzilla and to other Disney product that Where they're going to have to... has to fight for screens. Exactly. Fight! Give them knives! Make them fight. Uh, Talking of knives, we're going to be uh, talking about John Wick uh, Chapter 3. Pasta Alfredo later on. Uh, We're also going to be talking about uh, Detective Pikachu, uh, Tolkien, and The Hustle, which uh, are all out this week. Okay, uh, let's talk about something else. Female Cliffhanger remake coming from Anna Lily Aminpour. Uh, okay. Do um, we really need this, though? I don't think we need it, but I'm really interested <laughs> to see it. I know there are some people who are going to be like, No, ladies on cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm curious to see this. You know, actually, in the original cliffhanger, the the, the, the female counterpart mm-hmm. to, to, to Stallone was actually a, a, you know, a favorite character of mine. I thought she was great. Um, and I thought, you know, a, a really nice balance in that. And she was a very strong female character. So I was, I'm kind of open to seeing it flipped a little bit. It doesn't always work. We'll talk about the hustle. We'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, I'm open to it. Why not? I mean, I love Cliffhanger as a movie. It's not dated particularly well. It's not aged particularly well. I saw it on cable quite recently. No. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm open to this. I, my first thought was Charlize Theron as that main character. Yeah. She would be great. Yeah. And if you modernize it, like, today, it, it could work. I, I don't have... I'm more on board with Cliffhanger than I was when Lionsgate was considering the Expendables. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. doing the female Expendables. Yeah, we're not getting I any Expender nothing now. I would... The Cliffhanger one, I was like, okay, I could see that today. Yeah. That could work. It, it can work, but then I'm kind of... I mean... 
I don't know. The director for that, she she had one movie. I forgot the one. The Girl Who Walks Home at Night is that the one yeah. she did? And then she did The Bad Batch, which, like, everyone hated. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's, like, 50-50 right now. Um, I don't know if there's that much demand. And I know we, if, I, if, if I can bring this up now because I know it's part of sure, the topic sure. later. Um, you know, you mentioned Charlize Theron. I think there's a big question to be had right now about whether or not Charlize Theron can sell a movie to an audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know in the industry we really love her, and we're, she's a very strong female character, and we, we sh- we've always really appreciated her. Yeah. But with movies like Gringo, with Tully, and now Longshot, you, you all have to kind of wonder, does she have a selling point to really sell a movie? I mean, and you're, we're, we're going to talk about something else related to yeah. her. Coming, which they pitched a couple days ago, yeah. and I think that's that's a really risky move. All I know is I hear that she is fantastic in this Fox movie, this Fox TV movie, news movie that they're coming out. Which with, one? She Ailes. Plays Ailes. Yeah. yeah. She, um, damn, I forget the Megan Kelly, I believe. Okay. And from what I understand, she's supposed to be. I mean, she's, she's, she's great. Yeah, as an actor, she's great. Yeah. But it's where the, whether people are going to get out of their houses and sit in a movie theater and pay fifteen she, bucks for the honor. Tully was a smaller movie. Yeah, right? but she also Gringo had... was STX, and sometimes they're extremely hit or miss when it comes to marketing. And bottom line, it shot, wasn't a great movie, though. No, true. So, but I, you know, and I think. I think the marketing undersold Longshot, like, a lot. Yeah. But when you go to a, I mean, what is a really big Charlize Theron movie? Probably the, the, I mean, the ones that spring to mind for me are, like, Monster, uh, Fast and Furious uh, 2017, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but Fast and Furious was, yeah, was, not, was a movie that she was fronting, but right. not, not she's a part of it. Franchise. It's not like yeah. that's not already a built-in franchise. No, no, that's true. And Monster is so long ago. It's a long time, and it's ago. also more of an Oscar movie that mm. anyone outside of the industry, once again, doesn't really know about. She was awesome really in talk. Aeon Flux. Just so anyway, moving on from that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, people, people are talking about this in the chat, actually, when it comes to who they would cast in this. Uh, we are, uh, John Harrison saying, I love Cliffhanger. Uh, Emily Blunt, not Charlize. Uh, okay. Tessa Thompson as the female Cliffhanger, yeah. uh, potentially. Um, Put Tessa Thompson everything at this point. I think Zeno actually said, uh, Tessa Thompson is the female cliffhanger, or get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, yeah. That's I mean, the I, quote look, for the poster. I love Tessa Thompson. Oh, Mad but, Max. Uh, but I think she is, um, yeah, Mad, Mad Max. Mad Max, that's good a good point. one. That's but again, one. it was a great movie, but it wasn't huge. It did well, but it wasn't huge. Um, <laughs> huge. Uh, huge. Uh, she needs a superhero movie. She sure does. She need, She does need a superhero movie. Uh, they should do an all-female... Recast her as Captain Marvel, now! <laughs> uh, Free, Freeze Willy says they should do an all-female remake of Boogie Nights. <laughs> Jesus. Think that you, I think if you check out Pornhub... Yeah, they have that. You can that. probably find that. it on there. Or any other pornographic sites that are available. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, you know, I, it'll be interesting. But on, on, going back to Tessa Thompson, I think that Tessa Thompson is great. I'm just a bit, she's, don't burn. Yeah. It's like, don't give we, her the we have a new, haddish. don't give her the haddish. Yeah. Don't give don't her the give haddish. Her the haddish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I love Tiffany Haddish, but <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, they appear to go like, we we found we found someone who was popular. Let's put her in everything. And I'm like, you know, the Josh Gad syndrome, where Josh Gad was suddenly in like attached to everything. And I'm like, The Rock, so many yeah. people, yeah. Dave Bautista, you know. And I'm like, come on, come on now, 
You know, let's let there are plenty of other people out there. And these people, none of them are like independently a a person who would sell a movie. Right. So if you're going to go on that, it's like this is not the person, the movie title, the heritage of the movie is selling it, not right. the person. Do that. Uh, okay, so a Hellraiser remake being summoned by David S. Goyer. I'll be honest with you, I, I love the first three Hellraiser movies, and I know this is slightly sacrilegious, um, and they will tear my soul apart for this, but I love Hellraiser 3. Uh, that was the one with Terry Farrell, if I'm correct. Right? Uh, it's or, the one that's like set in nightclubs and buildings and stuff like that. It's okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I love like that movie. First, I like the first three as well. Yeah. After um, that, it went me, and I've watched okay. some of the straight to video <laughs> ones, and I was like, oh, this just yeah. feels like I'm being sent to hell, to hell for ninety uh-huh. fucking minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible. Look, um, if if you're rebooting so many different other horror franchises, why not Hellraiser? Yeah, and. There's definitely great groundworks to do it. It has a great base. Um, why not? Why not? I say, I, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Scott, you were smiling, I, but I, you weren't saying it. Yeah, then. no, no, no. It's just, it's just kind of funny because <laughs> I feel like this is another franchise where I just like, oh, my God, the direct-to-DVD or whatever it is now at this point, streaming demand. Sure. It's just like every year I felt like there was another one after another one after oh, yeah. another one. It's like the Leprechaun movies. It's like, okay. Ugh. It's like when... Are these going to die? And then to kind of like hear that they're going to remake it, I'm kind of like, okay, I guess so. Yeah. I would like to see, I mean, Pinhead and the Cenobites are really, really excellent. They were completely destroyed and emasculated in the last movies. They became not at all terrifying. It's <laughs> right. like, hey, I'm here to take a show now. I was like, okay, Pinhead, come on, you little cutie. Um, you know, it was really, they lost everything that, you know, that Doug Bradley, you know, really right. created in that character. And it was a real shame. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, you know, in, the, in this renaissance of horror and uh, Hollywood being really brave with some really interesting horror using tropes and you know not necessarily going for gore but really ramping up some of this tension which I mean the original movies went for gore I mean they were bloody movies and they're actually really scary but uh, I think Hollywood now as it currently is would actually have a really good way of doing this for 10 or 15 million dollars tops and really seeing a great return on that and putting something out there that's like you know really worth watching like it that kind of level of you know solid Horror Halloween and stuff like and, that. And you have great marketing potential. Oh. You know, with that pinhead character as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm for it. I, I would look forward to it. Yeah. And, and is Clive Barker going to be involved in any way, shape, and or form? I do not know. Yeah. I do not know. Um, okay, John Harrison, Simon, you look like Hellraiser without the acupuncture. Oh. It's a bit rude. Well, it's, that's, that's not nice. It's a bit rude. That, that's um, uh, Blackrock316. How rude. Hellraiser. How about the Hell No? Uh, how many Hellraiser movies are <laughs> yeah. there so far? 20? Yep. Yeah, but exactly. like 17 of those are shit and should never have been made. And I haven't that, watched those. And that was the thing is that was the rise of the, the, you know, the DVD straight to video uh, market and people perpetuated that. But if they didn't buy them, they wouldn't have made them. Uh, okay, John Harrison, uh, Wits <laughs> Overlooks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically what you're saying, John, is I'm fucked both ways. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Zeno Hour, who should direct the Hellraiser remake? I'm not that ugly. Jesus. I didn't uh, Kamei Egan, uh, I was terrified of Pinhead from Hellraiser. Why do you? Th- uh, who do you think should play him in the reboot? John Favreau. Jason Statham. John, <laughs> John Favreau. Dave Bautista. Oh, no. There you go, Hollywood. You're welcome. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. No, I don't know. As it's someone underneath a load of prosthetic, why not? How about my favorite actor, you know, the guy that's playing Goose's son? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <From> uh, <laughs> yeah. 
From Whiplash. <laughs> My own Miles, Miles Teller. Teller. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hellraiser movies. Idris Elba. Yeah. I honestly have no. I think, I don't, I don't know. know. I would go, again, I would go unknown. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get a person you don't who needs f- someone. You, you don't. Hellraiser's a, and you need, an iconic character. Yeah, it, but you need someone who can frighten you with and maybe even without the makeup, who has... A, a present. One of the people yeah. on Hollywood Boulevard. There you go. There oh, you yeah. go. There's the answer. Uh, Kevin Kevin Hart <laughs> as Pinhead from Xeno Hour. Uh, John John Harrison. I'm sorry I removed the comment. Shit, now I feel like an asshole. No, you're not an asshole. Don't worry. I wasn't genuinely offended. Uh, John Harrison, Jason Sudeikis as Hellraiser. I mean, yeah, it needs the work. Uh, Ashley Menzel, Doug Jones. Doug Jones is a master at prosthetics. That's yes. a really good point, actually. Yeah. Uh, no ho Hank as Pinhead Freeze Willy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why not? What's his Hobo name? Hobo Jones. Hobo Jones. Uh, yeah. So we can. <laughs> oh, we can see. Uh, okay, let's move on from this. So Hellraiser, I'd be very interested to see that. Me it's too. it's a, one of the franchises I think if it's in the right hands could be very very good. Yep. Surprised that actually the likes of Blumhouse haven't picked up on that. Uh, Mel Gibson's going to suit up as Santa Claus in Christmas movie Fat Man because nothing says Christmas like Mel Gibson, right? <laughs> um, obviously, we know he, he was in uh, the uh, Daddy's Home Two sequel uh, which was a massive draw at the box office it did okay it did okay, it, did okay. Yeah, it was did actually okay. It was pretty good and why um, not get a guy who doesn't like Jews we keep bringing that up someone was like <laughs> someone mentioned that on Twitter and it's like okay and it's like oh yeah but he was drunk and going through all this stuff and I'm like he still said it yeah Still said it. Just smile. So, and but also, do you know what? I think it's actually quite nice to see uh, to take people and and counter, you know, counterplace them in stuff like this because it is it adds to the absurdity, and I think it actually works really nicely rather than a safe casting. But from what I read, I would never is... have put Kurt Russell as Father Christmas as Santa. I was that was quite surprising. A genius casting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, which the movie were a little better. But it, from what I read about this Mel Gibson one, mm. it sort of sounds almost like a bad Santa ish. Like I, I heard yeah. he wasn't going to be like a good Santa Claus. He could fit into the cantankerous. We know how he is uh, from that Daddy's Home Two sequel. Mm. Yeah, and if he's more like that character, it'd be funny. But it's almost like a, 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 a watered down bad Santa. Yeah. I guess. I Which we've know. kind of seen, and when we went back for a second helping of that, <clears throat> it wasn't as tasty, and no. nobody really wanted that to dine at that table. Yeah. Okay, we touched on Charlie's Theron. Uh, Universal considering Charlie's Theron for a lead for a Fast and Furious spin-off. We know there's going to be a female Fast and Furious. Um, I would not be surprised if we don't have a second Hobbs and Shaw movie. Uh, do you know what? I, I have to be honest with you. I do like the idea of having a female-led Fast and Furious movie, because they have some good female characters. and um, We haven't really, outside of their, sort of their relationship with the men, we haven't really explored their their own relationships. So I think that would be very interesting. But Charlize Theron was a, was a big turn-off for me in that last Fast oh, and Furious movie. I did not I did not like I didn't I did love the like movie her, yeah. and I did not really enjoy her in it. So to be honest with you, I'm getting I'm that's a no from me. And obviously having previously discussed the fact that is she currently a box office draw? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I actually thought she was the weakest link in that movie. Mm. And uh, no. It doesn't work for me. And I think, are they going a a villain route or are they going a, you know, the the women who are already established in the franchise route? I'm assuming villain because she played villain in the last one. Yeah. And you almost have to wonder if this this was really a conversation that happened or if it was just someone like 
spewing. Spewing yeah, ideas. We don't then know. if it was with the producer who just got fired. Right. For being a because producer. of that idea. Uh, a couple of other things yeah, I want to yeah. touch on. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this for, is bad. Forgot no to more for you. Forgot to mention this when we're talking about Hellraiser. Another horror movie that's getting uh, that's going to be revived is uh, is the Collector. There's going to be a third movie yeah. in the Collector series. I'm very surprised, but do you know what? I actually quite like the Collector movies. They're, they're fine. They're but fine. I'm just, but I'm, I'm just wow. You see, I would see that going as a streaming movie, yeah, but it, me apparently too. it's looking like it's going to be a theatrical. I'm quite surprised. I don't know if audiences are crying out for that, but we'll I- see. So we're just crying. Uh, something I didn't get to mention last week was a Willow sequel uh, coming in t- uh, in talks for, for for Disney Plus. Looks like we could get a sequel. This is something that Ron Howard was talking about when he was doing a, a screening in Santa Monica a couple of months ago. There was something. Looks like it's going to be a, a, a series uh, that's going to follow on from that. That would be pretty cool. Willow is a great movie. Yes, it is. I revisited it for the movie. first time in decades uh, on Blu-ray recently. There's a new Blu-ray came out yeah. a couple of months ago. That is a great movie. That movie didn't get enough love when it came out. It's a fun movie for sure. Yeah. And I would like to see Warwick Davis come back and maybe it's his family. Like, oh, yeah, that would be I mean? awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, he. I'm not, yeah, I'm sure you can make him the lead, but I think it would be fun if it was his family was involved mm. in one way, maybe his son or daughter. Yeah. It would be fun in that universe. It's well, a, it's a fun universe. You know? I'd like to see him fighting Peter Dinklage. Me too. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that nice? That'd be cool. That'd be Seriously. A sword fight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, or anything, really. Uh, but, uh, okay, Find we're going to... Very on. quickly, a couple of... A couple of uh, <laughs> A couple of uh, trailers came out this week. Uh, it's one drop yesterday, kind of a big deal. It's chapter two. That I really That was a great really trailer. Liked. Yeah, oh I my really God. Liked. I loved um, I loved that it, it actually was just a, a scene from the film for like the first two minutes. And yep. I love how heavy, uh, how Jessica Chastain heavy that was. Mm. Like, it's just like, all right, Jessica Chastain is going to be like the biggest part of this movie. And I love that. And I mean, it was creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I even kind of guessed what was going to happen in the trailer the minute yeah. she went in. I was like, I think I yeah. know what this yeah. is about. And I was still like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck, it's, fuck, fuck. It's a big part in the book. Yeah. It's a big part in the miniseries. They showed the trailer at CinemaCon. Yeah. Um, but watching it again, I mean, it's such, it really is an iconic part of that book because it is when she comes back mm. home. And you're right. I like how they show a scene, but it doesn't really give anything away no. for the rest of the movie. No if context, you are not right. familiar with it mm. in either the, the, the novel or the television series. But they had these other pieces like the Chinese food restaurant where some, some, some good shit goes mm. down there. Uh, and plus, since they changed the characters around, I'm looking forward to the time leap that they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super psyched for that. Great uh, trailer. Spider-Man: Far From Home. We got a new trailer with that. Uh, great. I'm not going to watch anything else to do with that movie. Uh, take my money. I don't want to spoil anything else. Same here. I'm yeah, with you. Great. I'm not going to watch uh, like. Like scenes that they drop online. Did you hear what they've done with this now, though, with the trailer? Um, this just came out, it could have been yesterday, but now it is a add-on to Endgame. Now that the they, word they mentioned is out, that they yeah. mentioned that quite recently because they said really this is where the chapter ends right. is with the Spider Man. So movie, they've so. added the trailer at yeah. the end. end of Endgame. I, yeah, I believe it's the end. Wow. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. I um you know, I, I thought this trailer was a lot better than any of the homecoming. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I, I still kind of walked away from it, like going, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm 
Jake Gyllenhaal is the main draw for me for this movie. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I'm really looking forward to seeing that's, that. That's who's selling the movie for uh, me right Very now. quickly, we're going to talk about one more trailer in a second, but John Harrison, It's Chapter 2, has the potential to make a billion dollars. Uh, Kamei Egan, it freaked the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, the sequel trailer had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, yeah, uh, d- very, very much so. Uh, even the, it's funny. I was working from home yesterday, and the trailer dropped, and I uh, and I, I was playing it on uh, on the TV, and uh, my my dog was like, "Fuck!" The, the, just the sound design from that, he was like, "I don't know what's happening right now." Seriously, I'm so looking forward to that movie. Uh, John Harrison, um, imagine it making more money than X Men. Oh, I just did. Um, yeah, John Harrison <laughs> with, with James and Chastain. Oh, okay. With James and Chastain. Uh, Spider-Man looks like too. Uh, yes, Jake is the draw from John Harrison agreeing with you on this. Uh, the Lodge, a little horror movie, dropped a uh, trailer this week. Looks really interesting. It does. Uh, there were a couple of horror trailers this week. Uh, there was uh, Summer Summer Holder, Summerlander, which Mid- was a Mid- Midsummer. Midsummer, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, that also looks really, really good. Yes, it does. Um, from the guys who gave us Hereditary, which I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one, so that's interesting. Okay, a lot of movies to get through before we have 10 minutes on the show, uh, so we need to keep this nice and concise. Let's talk about, basically, a couple of movies that are coming out. First of all, let's talk about Tolkien. You've seen Tolkien. Yes. You have not seen Poms. We're not going to talk about that. No. Uh, but that is also out this week, if you'd like to go and see it at the local movie theatre. Maybe take your mother for Mother's Day. Uh, Tolkien. Okay, tell Tolkien. Looks okay. boring. Yeah, it, it is very boring. Okay. Um, and I don't think the marketing helps this movie at all, kind of talking about what we discussed earlier right. about how a movie can really be sold on marketing. Yeah. This does not do it justice. Um, I thought Nicholas Holt and Lily Collins were both fine. Yeah. I've seen them both better. Um, I think a lot of the controversy around this movie right now, and it's come out in the last couple of weeks, is that it's not very accurate okay. to the story. And if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, there's not a whole hell of a lot of action or anything of big interest it's very much the story of how that book came to be yeah but it's it's a long long trip there and it, nothing exciting happens along the way so it's a, an, an unexpected journey of sorts then yeah, yeah. of dullness oh, great. and sleepy pants who oh, <laughs> <laughs> actually is going to be uh, yeah, yeah. is going to be featured in the next movie yeah. uh, okay let's talk about uh, detective pikachu we touched about this last week uh, it is going to be a fight i had I, you uh, know i was supposed to see it last night Oh. And then I got invited. Oh, I was at the same theater, too. Oh, okay, well, let's, okay. let's, let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Um, Detective Pikachu, uh, obviously, we talked about this last week. It's going to be a fight at the top of the box office between this and Avengers Endgame. I'll be honest with you, I think Endgame is going to nudge it out. Um, although Detective Pikachu, I really enjoyed. But I was saying uh, to someone just the other day that as much as I enjoyed the movie, I felt it was a little bit thin in places. And I have forgotten... You know, I, I remember that I enjoyed it, but I couldn't tell you a huge amount about some of the things outside of a few of the set pieces and twists. Um, I enjoyed it. I would, would, I would absolutely watch it again. Um, I will be interested to see what legs this has. I think it's going to open well, and I think it's going to stick around for a couple of weeks, but I think it might get swallowed up by some other movies in the next couple of weeks. Interesting, though. I'm really looking forward to seeing the breakdown of the demographics from the opening of this movie. Um, because I can't, I can't quite pick who the target audience is. Because there seems to be a lot of general interest in this movie, Scott. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. It, it I think this movie is going to do well because I think it has universal appeal. Um, it has Ryan Reynolds in it, as and well. it has Ryan Reynolds. I, I, I spoke to the director. You can actually uh, read my interview mm. with him on We Live Entertainment. It's a nice and, piece, and he was. You know, telling me about how he didn't view this film as a family film. He he viewed it as a movie from like the eighties, yeah. where it was just a movie that was made for 
all audiences. And that's that's interesting that he said that because that's how I felt about the movie when I watched it. Mm. I felt like I didn't have to be a Pokemon fan to enjoy it. I think if I was a Pokemon fan, there would be a lot of extras that could really sell this movie to me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good it's a good enjoyable film, yeah. and it's it feels. I keep saying this, but for a film that has a very kind of generic plot, it the vibe of the film and the way that the story is being told feels very unique and. And it's not like something that's out there right now. Yeah. It feels kind of feels different. like an old school fancy movie yeah. where you know where it was it was it's aimed primarily at a younger audience, but there's a lot in there for people who don't know about anything about Pokemon can also have a really good time with this movie. It's it's a great audience. It's, it's one that you really should see with an audience. Very I wanted to, to talk through. to you, like you talked about the demographic. Yeah, and yes, there's a children's component, but you also have to think about the people who are playing that that the the, the, the smartphone. Yeah. Game the Pokemon Go, yes, which which really goes from college kids, a little bit younger, a little bit older. Like they've got a lot of people on that who know Pokemon. So the demographic, I think, is going to be spread out a little bit more than perhaps even the industry may yeah. realize when they. There, the people that, are going to that movie. There is a broad appeal. Yeah. Um, but then you've got to get those people who, okay, Pokemon Go was a couple of years ago. Those people who are going like, I want to go back and I'm, I'm actually mm. interested in seeing a Pokemon movie. I think seeing a Pokemon movie um, is very different to playing Pokemon. I mean, a lot of the Pokemon movies didn't do huge box office True, here when right. Pokemon was at its peak. Yeah. So I think it'll be, it's Pikachu. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see that. Okay, Pikachu. let's move on to The Hustle. Uh, but Detective Pikachu, definitely a movie worth catching. I, I agree. Uh, really good fun. Uh, the Hustle. Oh... <laughs> It, it's um no it's not it's not a good movie uh, it is really it's, it's so achingly mediocre i mean when we started screening this week there were people members of the audience who were actually finishing dialogue and punchlines um before the cast did in the movie uh, there's a couple of jokes in there that actually made me chuckle uh, but I, I cannot tell you for the life of me what they are Although there was one sight gag that really made me uh, really made me chuckle, uh, it's the room where they're staying in a fancy hotel. It's called Sweet Caroline, which made me laugh, um, and that's kind of <laughs> that gives you an idea of the movie. I mean, it's you know, it's criminal fat Amy's European vacation. It's it, it, it's, it's so mediocre. Oh my stuff. god! I mean, you know, when you talk about when we've mentioned this before, when you remake something, and there's just nothing really unique or original about it yeah. where it just feels like a carbon copy remake where a cup like there's a I'll give it credit there's like two or three things that are kind of different mm. but for the most part 90% of this movie is dirty rotten scoundrels all over again yeah and it's just if everything about it feels dated and the two of them and Hathaway and Rebel Wilson I mean Rebel Wilson needs to move away from this character. Yeah. She needs so desperately to move so away from this. Old it's now. so old and so boring. And I you know, I don't know what happened to Anne Hathaway because I feel like she did that movie Colossal, which was an independent film which I yeah. thought was phenomenal. And then ever since that, you know, she did Serenity earlier this year. I mean, she basically played herself in Ocean's 8. And then she did, you know, this movie. And it's just, she's like, she's trying so hard. Yeah. And like, it just doesn't work. Doesn't and the work. two of them just don't bounce off. And I really like that Alex Sharp guy who's in this movie. He mm. was also into The Bone with Lily Collins and a he couple was. other movies. Sorry. I really like him, but he's just, he's always in these like, 
meh movies. It's, it's, yeah. It's, and I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think everybody is underwritten and the supporting cast is not strong enough. It's so, if this movie was, was, you know, an entity, it would be paste. I mean, yeah. it's just, <laughs> it really oh is, it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> very, it's flavorless. It doesn't have any spark. It doesn't have any chemistry. It kind of wants to be R rated, but it's more PG 13 and it doesn't go big and it repeats its jokes and it's just, it's just a real missed it's opportunity. Lazy. It is a lazy movie. So very, very disappointing. Uh, okay, we've got five minutes left on the show or just under. I really want to get to John Wick Chapter 3 because this is out next week, but the review embargo uh, was lifted this morning at 9 o'clock. So John Wick Chapter 3, uh, 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 panini bread. Because um, <laughs> it has that extra word tacked on the end. Uh, Parabellum. Parabellum. Uh, perennium. Okay, so let's talk about John Wick 3. We've all seen this. Uh, okay, I'm going to kick this off, guys. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought some of the action set pieces were great. Some of them went on for way too long and the narrative of this film was extremely weak the story is is the weakest of any of the john wick stories even the very simple story of the first one there just isn't enough here around the spectacle uh, and i think the spectacle's good but at times it just feels out like it's being it's being a movie shot on a soundstage rather than something that is believably something that is happening in an environment. It feels more contrived than the previous two movies, and there are certain action sequences that do feel like you're watching the Waterworld show at Universal Studios or or, or something at you know at the Indiana Jones show in Disney World. Um, and I just think there's a lot, too many characters and that people are wasted. There's not enough here to carry the ingredients of this cake, Scott. Uh, very similar feelings. Um, you know. As a fan of the first two movies, uh, the second one is still the strongest, in my opinion. Um, the action in here, I think some of the action sequences are better than the first two movies. But there's other ones where I just feel like they're, they just go on too long and they're too much. Um, and then to kind of tackle your little point is that there's just no story here. Feel, this movie, to me, what, I, what my big... Um, I guess criticism would be was that it just feels so incredibly unnecessary. When you walk yeah. out of it, you're kind of like, okay, why didn't I get anything in this movie? It's just yeah. like I just got action and I got some kind of convoluted mess of a story that made very little sense and that it just I didn't cling on to it. And they're like literally leave it open for a next movie when I would rather have it just ended with this one and just all the pieces tied together. Um, and then Halle Berry, which I know like everyone's been talking about this. This has been a big push for this movie. She's in one scene and it's literally like 10, maybe 15 minutes most completely like she just, sh- you know, something happens where they wind up having to go. John Wick goes talk to her and then. An, an action set piece happens, and then that's it. It's oh. over, and it's like what? And there's a chunk of the movie where there is isn't <clears throat> action, and it's fucking dull. <laughs> it's, I, it's it's dull. I, to I agree. Very quickly. To me, they're burning their wicks at both ends, <laughs> and it's starting to feel old. It's starting to get tired. It's starting the fa- the the flame is starting to burn out. And I was feeling it on this movie. To your point, I did feel that this one was long. It wasn't in and out. Uh, and I didn't feel as exhilarated as I had in the past because these fights were going on for so long. It was perhaps the most violent yes. of the three. Right. Right. So if you're in for that, you're going to get it in droves. But I felt that some of the a- some of the action sequences, when you pair them up, they're identical. Except it's just he's just on a different means. Yeah. But they're identical. Uh you know, I just didn't feel it here. I had hoped that they were going to wrap things up 
Um, well, they and, they kind of do. I mean, it's basically it's it's a long it's a journey that's a long way round to get fundamentally back to where you started. Yes. So then, you know, and and the reason like two ended so well for me yeah. because you walk out of theater going, how's he going to get out of this one? And then when you figure out the means of how he's getting out of it, you're going, really? Mm. And there are other things that happen that just don't make sense with certain characters. Yeah. I'll tell you what. They're bloated and convoluted. And we're, and and we're in the minority, apparently, because I mean, 96 on Rotten Tomatoes But, I mean, right I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it as an action movie, but it certainly, for me, is flawed. And when you're looking at it as part of a series, it's it really is, for me, it's not the, it's not no. the strongest in this series no. at all. But do you know what? Because of the big wick energy, I, you know, I'm ready for that fourth movie, and I think they can do that, and I'm excited for what they're doing with the spin-off, The Continental Hotel. Okay, we need to end the show Two in a second. A couple of things together. from the chat. Uh, Kamei Egan, the hustle looked awful from the trailers. It did, but part of the reason for this show and what we do is that we can watch shit movies so that you don't have to. Uh, Ashley Menzel, Simon, you chuckled at the Nazi Gollum comment. I did. I forgot about that. That was really good. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> uh, uh, John Harrison, John Wick 3 was something I was hyped for. Uh, Kamei Egan, John Wick 3 equals Matrix 3. No more trilogies, Keanu. Although I'm interested in Bill and Ted 3. Ah, you've broken your own rule there, Kamei. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, honest to God, I would not be surprised if they announced John Wick 4, you know, very, very It'll soon. Be, it's, 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 it's imminent. They have to. Uh, John Harrison said, so John Wick's action is repetitive, then what are the Marvel movies? Also repetitive, John. Uh, John Harrison, they literally fight faceless alien armies from a sky beam at the end of Endgame. Yes, no, I mean, yeah, no, you're yes. absolutely right, they are. But sometimes, you know, you can have something else in there that makes it worthwhile. Encore Henry was just shooting all the fucking time. But you know what? There was something in there to make it different. Let me ask you something. Very would quickly, because we need yeah, to end the no, show. Would you say the first half of John Wick 3 is, to me, was the the, the, the best? Yeah. It was, it yeah, was the it was fastest, amazing. the yeah. best yeah. fights. It, it was reminiscent of the first two movies. Yeah. And and then they added, like, the, there was it's in the trailer, the first, 100%. Thing, the first half. Rock. It, it yeah. actually is it, when Halle Berry comes in that right. I think the movie then, starts then going turns, down. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say after that scene with the where where they do they go to that thing with that guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No with spoilers. the dog, with yeah. the dog, yeah. uh, then uh, then after well, the, that, the, the it's that's where it starts thing. to, to yeah. go down. So yep. uh, don't mention the ballet. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. This has been Meet the Movie Press. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Meet Movie Press. What we would really appreciate if you could go to iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else where you can leave a lovely review saying, Hey, those three old guys are not talking shit all the time, so you should listen to them do that. I'll not do that. We really appreciate that. Don't forget to like, subscribe, tweet about the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, right here at Meet the Movie Press, the best show uh, for the biz, about the biz, and uh, an anatomy of a movie when we come back. And on the Twitters, at DMovies1701, please. Scott Menzel. Sure. We live entertainment.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at the other Scott M. Thank you. And uh, I will be back here next week. Dimitri will be back here next week. Scott is going to be away next week. Have a great weekend. It is Mother's Day weekend. Weekend, buy a card, buy some flowers, uh, or, or s- some other shit. I mean, if you like your mums, if you don't, chocolate, chocolate's a good thing. Unless she's allergic. Make to your it. mum about it. Is May the tenth, twenty nineteen. This has been me, the Booper Recipe. We'll see you next week. Avoid the hustle. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals.